Dave. Welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Um, how are you keeping today? And I realise I haven't. I've done a completely different introduction um, to that I normally normally do to you on the show. But I um, you know, yeah. just thought, thought mix it up a little bit. How, how are you keeping, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just go with it, man. You know, change is as good as a holiday. I think they say. So you know. Yeah, man. So so listen, how have you been? Um, you've uh, just come off of a a very very successful 5k uh, kind of time trial tempo run effort how, how was it yeah so um okay yeah no i have i've been yeah trying to do some stuff that's quicker because i'm a little bit of a i wouldn't say i'm junk miler but um have been really concentrating on a bit more strength strength and conditioning yeah getting into this kind of like trying to trying to do short distances a bit quicker and i've got to say i hate them <laughs> <laughs> they're horrible aren't they just all but I also love them. So we've been trying to get um, a 5K time. And I think I've done three 5Ks now that I've actually tried to um, to do quick. And I wouldn't say they've been particular. I've targeted the distance at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, they always, this kind of thing always comes in a kind of like build up thing. Or if I'm, you know, if we're in lockdown like we currently are. Yeah. It, it seems like something to do and um and I, I surprised myself and I think when was it it was last year I did one when I came back from Thailand and I think I did that in 1857 or something like that 1850 something like that wasn't it because that was your that, that was your ta- your target for that one was to go sub 19 for the first time wasn't it that's right that's yeah. right yeah so um, then lockdown finished and we were in that fortunate position last year, weren't we, where we tried to, where we were able to do some races. So yeah, went and did some of the longer stuff and then like, you know, November hit, there was that pointless lockdown that did nothing and then Christmas come and there was lockdown again. So um, we have been concentrating on trying to do a little bit more of the kind of shorter stuff. So managed to do 1829 a few weeks back. And then, and to be honest, when I did that, I think my legs felt bloody fantastic. Really? That's so, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when, when we went out a couple of weeks ago, my legs didn't feel good at all, but managed to hold on for 1827. So. Did I, you know, I, I felt so bad stopping stopping after that first mile because it's just horrible when you're running with somebody and and they stop i you know i felt awful afterwards i was like oh please i hope you've got to the finish (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you know like that i I felt a little bit kind of like arrogant to sort of assume that i'd be able to go under 18 on that one but it pretty much as soon as we started running i thought oh no this isn't good yeah i'm working at all um but managed to hold on and you know that when i finished that cramp was absolutely excruciating and i could hardly even walk so finished by that new boat on the seafront oh yeah and sat down immediately in fact almost just collapsed on the floor because you know this this kind of thing isn't my bag you know yeah and, uh, well it's it's the complete opposite end of of the extreme the other end of the extreme where, where, where you're normally at where you're kind of you know yeah. 100 mile plus fit and ready to go so yeah. Um, I think it's fascinating that you've managed to kind of get the times down to where they are and, and pretty consistently. But yeah, it's all been down to your training and, and obviously yeah. the coaching that Michelle's doing for you as well. So 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 your your PB is a ridiculous what 
17. There was a yeah. There was one day I went out. I actually I, I remember the day quite well because I missed I missed the part of the South Sea Park run. Mm. Wasn't feeling great anyway, and it was raining. And I went out on my own probably at about 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning. I think it was. And yeah, I managed to get a to clock a 17:52, which is the only time I've gone under that under the uh, the 18 minute mark. So it, it, what's what's the maths of that then? What do you have to do? I don't think it's quite that low I think it's just a little bit higher because obviously with the 5k the you know the seconds really really matter because yeah um you know per mile but I think it's just about 550 or maybe 549 a mile wow that's so, quick, isn't it I mean yeah if <laughs> I do I do you know I, I remember that day actually I remember finishing along the seafront somewhere and I managed I, I'd stopped my watch and collapsed and mm. I remember an old couple kind of like stopping and, and they looked concerned and they were like, are you, are you OK? Do you need any help? And I was like, I'm just fine. I'm just recovering from a run because it must look, look quite daunting or, or look quite scary. Somebody just collapsing after a run. Yeah. <laughs> you think I mean, the worst. The whole experience of doing it is is absolutely like um, opposite to an ultra, isn't it? Because you yeah. can't, with an ultra you, you, or a marathon even, you can quite easily stop and and take a take a few minutes walk and then and it'll do you good for your time yeah for, for sure and, and uh, a 5k i found that you start and you go i think i can probably do this speed and within a minute or two that speed is incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> mm, it it's very it's at the sharp end isn't it and it changes really i think you've hit the nail on the head there because it kind of changes so quickly like yeah. you can feel great like when you start and then two minutes later you're like oh i'm in trouble <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah so I but no i off 5 30 5 40 something like that and mm. then i think that the mile two and three were 601 something like that yeah mile, mile two i find always always the worst in fact maybe it's like mile two and then the half half mile of the last of the last mile is yeah. pretty difficult but when you can kind of see the finish um, mm. I always I always find in a 5k there's something about being close to that finish line where you can get like a little bit of extra um, mm. you know go for the end but because you're because you're kind of your legs have it in them a little bit although they're tired but yeah it's a it's a difficult distance to do but no hats off to you dude I mean your, your training and, and the stuff you're doing with Michelle is really working a treat and considering the fact that you are still kind of like pretty much distance trained ready ready for a long a long race you know it's i think it's amazing so keep going because I, I reckon you're going to hit that that sub 18 soon <laughs> one day one day yeah man i'm going to i'm going to come and join you for the next one as well and try and actually finish yeah. it this time <laughs> yeah yeah so, but as i was going to say so we've both been out this morning haven't we and it's been um the the, the heavens have opened today oh it's awful yeah it was really bad i think <laughs> If I hadn't have been uh, running with with Jason today, I would have really struggled to motivation. But I, I would have gone. But I think yeah, it was it was tough getting out because it was. I think the wind was blowing east to west today, so it's opposite direction, um, which made for a kind of blowy out on the on the eastern road. But we yeah we did we managed to pile in, I think about six or seven hills today. So right That's because we obviously got the South Downs Way 50 hopefully in April and we can't get up to the downs at the moment with, with the lockdown rules. So we're just trying to get yeah. the, the hills close to home. And, you know, it's a five mile flat journey out just to get to the first hill. So that's, that's pretty tricky in itself because that's 10 miles of the, of the run gone. 
Yeah. But today we hit, um, I think the listeners will, will kind of know these hills, but the, obviously Farmington Avenue, which we know very well, Dave. Um, <laughs> and then obviously down to the hospital, um, up the hospital, well, I call it the hospital road, but it's, it's obviously got a name. I, can't, I don't know it quite now. Um, and then you get to the roundabout at the top and then we go down the long descent past uh, Connecticut. Is that Pigeon House Lane or is that a... No, but we did we did go down Pigeon House is kind of like on a little bit kind of towards the center of the hill at the back. But we we went down there and we went up this lane called Crooked Walk Lane, which right. some of some of the listeners will know. I'm, I'm sure we've run up it or down it or if we haven't, we, we really need to. Mm. It's kind of like a gradual kind of kind of hill that kind of ties you out and then it and then it really kicks at the end. Um, and that takes you to the top of pretty much where you're overlooking Porchester. Yeah. Um, and then we went down, dropped down to Porchester, turned around the train station, um, did all the hill, the same hills back, including one extra one, which was funny enough down Pigeon House Lane and uh, up up Mill Lane, I think it is. Yeah. So it was a fair, fair bit of climbing. I think it was about two, two, 2,300, 2,500 foot. So not quite. Well, that's, that's pretty much equal as a South Downs Way run, I think. Mm. So, yeah, it was quite it was quite good. But um, obviously all pavements and we weren't uh, slipping and sliding like you, you were today, I guess. No, it's horrendous. Yes, mud up to your ankles for a lot of the time, but oh. that's okay. <laughs> oh. Do you do you remember recently? Um, and and a lot of a lot of people will remember this as well. When, in fact, I think they've probably still got quite a lot of the forestry vehicles uh, traveling around on some of those paths, and it was yeah. it was churned up horrendously. Mm. Um, in fact, I think it still is. Um, on the corner of if you if you do South Sea, uh, not South Sea Park Run, if you do Queen Elizabeth Country Park mm. Park Run. But you carry on. You don't. You don't turn off on the downs. Um, at the top there, I think they've got a lot of vehicles still doing a lot of work around there. And, and if it, if you go up there when it's wet, it's 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 atrocious. Yeah, you, you get that um, thing where your uh, all the mud sticks to the bottom of your shoes and then yeah, your feet are about five kilos each. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but oh, I, I, you just need like a little bit of clay or mud on your foot, and it's like it's like you're wearing a proper weight. It's horrible. So, well, so how many miles did you do today? Well, I did twenty-four. And do you know what? I, I, last last year, I, I've always been into Salomon Sense rides, mm-hmm. and they're the only trail shoes that I've worn for maybe two or three years. But yeah, I, for some reason, I, I watched um, a fellow ginger runner. Do you know the ginger runner from? Yeah, he, yeah, I know him very well. Yeah, and he was he was celebrating these Sense Four Pros, I think they called. Okay. So I thought oh, I'll I'll you know get out my comfort zone and try these things out. And you know they've been fantastic, and I must have worn them most most weeks for about six months, and done hundreds and hundreds of miles on them. And okay. they you know what they they haven't even fallen to pieces or anything. There's not even a hole in them. The grip is still there. They've still got a little bit of cush. There's yeah. no, and I'm completely shocked because most pairs of shoes that I've worn, you know, I don't know if it's my the shape of my feet or the way that I run. Normally get on just near my big toe just a massive slit down there and then they start falling to pieces but these things have been absolutely amazing mm. from out today and although they're not really like they're a bit more for going a bit quicker than doing long slow distances okay awesome especially in the mud so well, that's good that they've got like grip underneath them because it's difficult to get like a shoe that has like like absolutely fantastic grip because you get so many different types of surfaces and things that mm. i think we're always, I don't know if, if you're the same, but I'm always literally looking on the ground, just analysing, trying to find that little small yeah. patch of grass that you can tread on. Yeah, I mean, I, I bought these, uh, the other ones I've got were Adidas Parley Ultras, which were 
part of this new kind of craze of being ridiculously expensive and specific to a certain type of running. Okay. So I'm going to go talk on about Carbon X in a minute. But yeah. I've noticed that most running shoes nowadays, they very rarely do everything. So you've got the Carbon Xs that's for speed or is it your vapor flies or next percent or something? Mm. And the North Face have started to do them now, haven't they, where they put a carbon plate in them. I saw that new, that new North Face shoe came out, I think, last week, was it, or this week? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've got your Speedsters, and then you've got dry trails, and then you've got your road shoes, and then you've got wet trails, mud claw, yeah. soft ground, you know, like rocky ultra shoes for Mont Blanc, and you think, where, where can I get just something that is going to work like on kind of everything? Yeah, I know it's true, and it's it's, it's like a big fork out, isn't it, to, to to keep getting getting trainers specific for each each type of run. Yeah, yeah, and the, you know the Parley Ultras that I've got, the Adidas ones, they're brilliant, but they're crap in the wet because if you get a little, if they go a little bit wet, then they they the weight goes up like twice. You know, it's, they become ridiculously heavy. So yeah mm. well dave, dave on on that note i i did an interesting not an interesting i was uh i was being a little bit geeky the other day and, and i'm not very good at maths so this this is probably all wrong anyway but i did this i did this kind of experiment to work out like the value of shoes so i okay. kind of took took this rough kind of guess right so, so bear with me here i was like okay for a 120 pound pair of shoes which is generally i guess where 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 the trainers are apart from obviously the new nikes and, and things like that which are, i think they're about 240 250 quid yeah um but i was like okay if i wear those shoes for 750 miles at 120 pounds hmm. i wonder how much it is or how much value or how much i'm paying per mile for each shoe yeah um so i i, I did some calculations and, and these these are these are these are del piccolo calculations here so they may be wrong however <laughs> So if somebody wants to correct me, they can they can write in or comment and, and let me know. But I worked out that for a hundred and twenty pound pair of shoes lasting seven hundred and fifty miles, mine normally do more a lot more than that. You're paying sixteen pence per mile. Right. Ninety nine pence per ten k. Uh, one pound sixty every time you do a ten miler. Okay. Two pound eight for a half marathon, and then obviously it just it just doubles each time. So four pound sixteen per marathon. Eight pounds and eight pence per fifty mile ultra, and obviously sixteen pounds sixteen per hundred mile ultra. There you go. Yeah. So that kind of put some value on it. Is that? I mean, like when you break it down like that, it it's a lot more relatable, isn't it? But yeah, I know that sometimes I've bought some shoes that have been, I don't know, say one hundred and twenty quid, and I won't name names, but they've lasted two or three hundred miles. Ooh, yeah. Be <laughs> disappointing. They fall into pieces, or the cushioning's gone. You, it, and you think, why have these only lasted me a month? And you think that some people might do 250 miles in a year, <laughs> or something like that, or or 500 miles a year, and and that's pretty good going. So mm. you'll get some people that that they'll last a year for. Yeah. And they'll think that that's good good value for money. Mm. Whereas if you if you do sort of like 300 miles in a month, then you could get quite a decent pair of shoes. But then that doesn't look like good value for the money, does it, if they last for a month? That's true. That's true. And But then I guess you'd have to be running a lot or the shoe doesn't last as long as it should do. Or 
yeah. whatever it is but somehow there's a yeah there's a loss somewhere i, I but, just don't know where it is and, and there's different running styles i think isn't there because i, I know that you're a, you're a great fan of, of hocker and really how, how did you know that and <laughs> that have lasted me an absolute age you know like over a year of doing thousands of miles on them yeah i've had others of theirs that have lasted only a month or two but mm. then though on your feet they might last six months so i think there's different ways in which you know your foot strikes the floor and and how that influences how the shoe holds together around your feet according to what it is so yeah that's true i think it's the same like when it comes to shoes and fitting and how they feel and stuff i think a lot of like i, I just you know p- people ask a lot of questions about about the hokers specifically because I've, I've tried a few pairs now so so people will message me and say like how do these feel how do those feel and often you'll suggest a shoe for what you think is that person might need and and then mm-hmm. like later on down the line it turns out that they you know they had a bit of pain or they didn't they didn't like mm-hmm. them or 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 they get on great with them but sometimes with um i find with the way that the shoes like erode like you were saying you've had tears on the side of some shoes and stuff it could all boil down to like something in one run that got like attached to the shoe like a bit of a grip yeah. or something in the wrong place yeah. and then yeah. you have this horrific experience with a shoe where you think oh no i've wasted 120 quid but actually you've got like loads and loads of miles out of it anyway um and it was just something that went wrong with the shoe and then people will base their whole opinion around oh no this these shoes these shoes break it's terrible and it's the same with all the brands like you know, whatever one person's experiences of the brand becomes like their mm. entire with, with with one pair of shoes becomes their almost entire kind of like experience around that shoe. And like they think, oh, yeah, those shoes fall to pieces, whereas actually it was just an incident or some some you could almost almost like relate it to something physical that happened. Yeah, Weird. it's just yeah, um, yeah. The, the chaos theory. <laughs> <laughs> It is weird. But listen, dude, speaking of shoes and speaking of, um, of uh, you know, speed earlier and, so, and, and ha- having the ability to kind of run fast and do the long runs, uh, you mentioned that I was going to touch on the Hoka Carbon X2 project mm. that, that was last weekend. Did yeah. you, did, I mean, you managed to see a little bit of it or, or, or see a few or know what was going on with it, but, but did, you, did you get to see any of it? I did. I, I turned it on towards the beginning and... Um... For I, I, pro- I literally cannot sit here for another six hours, so <laughs> turns it off. And I think that um, I remember just thirty minutes towards the end of the the hundred k record attempt, mm. and in that thirty minutes, had bitten all of my fingernails off um, down to the cuticles uh, on both hands, and had a really incredibly nervous end to my Saturday. Um, just so nerve wracking. Oh my god. Because Worms, Jim Wormsley, wasn't it, who um, who I know is your absolute hero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and is renowned. I've got a lot of respect for the guy because he's renowned for not care, not not worrying if he fails. He, and he's always said that. And he um, he always pushes himself to the absolute limit. Yeah. And if he blows up, he blows up. So what? He'll He'll try again. And if he succeeds, he succeeds. And we've seen that before when he tried the fastest known time for the Hard Rock 100 course, where he was absolutely smashing it. And then suddenly 75 miles in, blew up and had to sit in a toilet with his friend for about four hours to be rescued. Yeah. And then we saw it at the Western States. In fact, when he got lost. Yeah, he got lost. And in fact, it was the year that I did it. So the um, the year later, I think it was. 2017 where i can put my claim to fame that I actually beat him 
because hey. by River Crossing, <laughs> he, he had completely blown up. But in that year as well, he had gone all out to break the course record. And I think going under 14 hours, he was hoping. But it didn't work for him. And then in the subsequent two years, he smashed the course record twice in a row. So, um, yeah. No, he's, yeah, he's, so, he's, an, he's amazing. Absolutely amazing as a runner. But for, for those who don't know who are listening, um, so there was this this project, I guess, in a similar way to what, what Nike did with with some of their shoes and Elliot Kipchoge, but they, they had this project they were running over in Arizona in the USA, and I think there was meant to be one in Japan as well. I don't know if it happened. Um, but basically, there was a, a group of, of uh, uh, men's and women, uh, men and women uh, runners going to try and break the world 100K record, um, and it was kind of like a launch event as well for the new Hoka Carbon X2 shoe, which they were all wearing. And they had paces for the first, I think it was the first 50k or something until they, they peeled off. And after that, the, the runners were on their own. But it, yeah, it was a re- just a remarkable event with a few British runners going over as well, getting flown over to to join them, um, like Carla Molinaro. Um, and there was a, a female runner from Ireland as well. I can't remember her name. But yeah, just an incredible event. It was It was just really well done. The commentary was was absolutely professional. The course they had laid out was well was great. They had drones taking mm. kind of footage from all over the place. They were following all the runners. They had some amazing interviews as well, Dave. Like through the day, yeah. you probably didn't catch them all, but there was there was just some some really good guests they had on, um, which I think really shows like what Hoka do with um, you know kind of showcasing runners of all abilities, all speeds, all backgrounds. Mm all yeah. ethnicities everything and it's just it just shows like the diversity that the brand kind of have and and just how good they are supporting their runners yeah um yeah but they, yeah they supported carla really well didn't they they sent her a lot of stuff because she went to broke the break the joke is it le jog or jogle that she did um i think she did le jog yeah did she yeah, yeah. and and broke that record which is just amazing she did, really, she did amazing yeah. i mean she's a she's such a brilliant brain. runner <laughs> In fact, she led. Um, Carla Molinaro led the led the women's race. Um, pretty much all the way to about 70, 60 or seventy k. Yeah. Um. Obviously, she was in. She was ahead of Camille Heron, who who those those of those will know. Camille holds the world record for twenty four hours for the yeah. for for the, the female record. And Carla just just led, you know, all the way until she kind of. I think she started struggling at about sixty or seventy k. Um, yeah. Camille dropped out with a bad hip, so it was all there was lots of kind of uh, dropouts a little bit earlier on. People who'd gone out too quick or um or had some issues. Yeah. Um, but then the it was a lady and and Dave, I don't know if you know this, but it was a a, a French runner um in the female race, Audrey Tangai Tangi Tangai. Okay. She she has never run a road race ever in her life. Wow. <laughs> like like forget a hundred k road race. She's never run a ten k, ten mile, or anything in her life. She's She's right. used to trail running. She does all of her running, obviously, in, in the mountains, probably does UTMB every year. So really, yeah. really strong legs. But she came through through really strong and um, and took the win. And then, obviously, Jim Wormsley, um, for those who, who who don't know, he basically came down the finishing straight in, in the men's race. And I thought the finishing straight, it looked like it was about as long as the finishing straight at London when they turned the corner. Yeah. But it, it just went on for about two or three minutes. And he had two and a half minutes to go i think at about when he turned at the end i thought oh, i know he's definitely got this and he had a friend on the back of the lead car who was ba- who had basically been talking to him the whole race um eric eric sensman and 
this Eric Sensman was just saying to him, come on, Jim, just just go, just go. And you could hear Jim occasionally saying, but it looks so long. Um, <laughs> he was really struggling. He was gritting his teeth. He was bleeding on his arm because he'd clipped a fence um, in, early in the race as well. Uh, and he was a right state, but he was, you know how Jim's kind of stance goes. He's bounding along like a Labrador. He's got this, got this yeah. big leg, these big tall legs, and mm. he missed it by 11 seconds. I just, the world record. I couldn't believe it. It was just so yeah. nail biting. It's an astonishing speed that 100k, isn't it? For what was it, six hours? He six hours something he did, which is was like a five minute fifty per mile. Yeah. So running, up. yeah, pretty much an eighteen. I think that's running an eighteen minute five k, but for a hundred kilometers. <laughs> no, it's it's very very impressive. But you look at you look at his his gait and the way that he runs and he bounds along and it's so. It just it just looks so natural, doesn't it, and so easy for him. And then you add in the what I've noticed actually is if I don't know whether it is um, something to do with the carbon plated shoes or just people that are really good runners, but um, the the recent Salomon race where Killian was going to attempt to take Yanis um, Kouros's twenty four hour record. Oh yes, yeah. He, when I was watching him, he had a similar kind of like natural kind of stride to him that looked like it was bouncing and it's either the fact that they're incredibly strong and incredibly quick or 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 that bounces to do with the carbon plate so it'd be interesting to try them out because well, yeah no it would be, it'd be interesting I, I, both, really. so. <laughs> i'm looking forward to trying the, the carbon x2 soon so um so i'll let you know how that goes but i did a i did a run that morning just to celebrate the event because i was i was you know i was gearing up to watch it i ran in my carbon x originals um i've got i'm on my second pair now they're, they're wow. just amazing i do all my speed work in them and i did my longest run in them which was i think it was about 18 miles and they were they just felt great they're just yeah really nice shoe um i get on pretty well with them i, I wasn't sure how they would feel after 18 miles but yeah they, uh, they were good and i think jim Walmsley broke the 50 mile world record a year ago in those in those same shoes so wow <laughs> yeah amazing absolutely amazing but listen we've we've waffled on enough and i know you, you want to get off and uh, relax like i do after our after our miserable long runs today but uh, <laughs> listen dude thanks so much we're gonna we're gonna head on to our onto our interview so i'll say goodbye to you now and um hopefully uh catch up with you soon but we're gonna hear from craig uh from runner um everyone will know the the clothing brand runner they've seen them around a lot recently and then our featured guest who is the lovely and amazing ross partridge from from portsmouth triathletes and we're joggers so brilliant dave listen enjoy the rest of your day regards to heather yeah we'll do and hope to see you soon mate you take care great weekend bye hi craig welcome to the portsmouth running podcast um or should i say welcome back to the portsmouth running podcast how are you doing today yeah i'm good dan thanks it's uh yeah good to speak to you again it's been a little while since we last caught up so um currently looking out the window to a very gray and drizzly portsmouth uh today yeah, it is. It is. I'm I'm pretty pleased the wind's gone today because I've already been out for a run and uh, yesterday wasn't pleasant because it was a I think it was meant to be a session which turned out to be kind of maybe a half-hearted session I think for me. Um, how's your how's your own running going? Have you, have you been out today already? No, I went out yesterday. Um, I did a long. I did a sort of nearly 14 miles at the weekend. So um, okay, which was a, it was a really nice on the Saturday. So a loop of the island, sort of right around the, the outskirts. So that was really nice. And then. Yeah, yesterday just went out for a, did some sessions up at the uh, Castle Fields where it's 
the hilly part of Portsmouth, but it's not hilly in the slightest. So oh, um, yeah. I think I've got Southbound Way 50 on the, the radar for start of April. So, um, so yeah, I think I need to get off the island to um, get some decent hill runs in because there's, there's not enough of them here in Portsmouth. I know. And, and like you say, that is kind of the hilliest, hilliest bit of Portsmouth. And another area I like, which is very similar, is when you go just past the Eastney Toilets, but you stay on the beach. Um, there's a little kind of like yeah. hill section that you get to run off uh, on the top of the beach. And I call that the, uh, the, 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 the Portsmouth South Downs way, which is quite nice. <laughs> like oh, it. <laughs> brilliant, man. Well, listen, you've got, your, you've got a good challenge ahead then if you're doing the South Downs Way 50. And hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll see you on the start line as well. So, um, yeah, so hopefully that, yeah. That, that goes ahead. But listen, you're the first guest, I think, apart from, from Dave, my co-host, who's returned to the show, I think, um, on more than one occasion. So it's great to have you back. And, and obviously, this time you're here to talk about runner. Um, which I think many of the listeners, if not all of them, will know is um, is, is the, the fantastic fitness and lifestyle running clothing brand that everyone kind of now sees around pretty much everywhere everywhere where you go, um, which, which is great. And does that does that kind of summarize it best as, as the fitness and lifestyle kind of kind of running clothing brand? Yeah, definitely for us. We um, the, the idea behind Runner is that we appeal to anybody that runs, regardless of their speed or distance. So. Um, it can be for anyone that's doing a couch to 5k or anyone that's a, a sort of a really proud of the fact they're doing marathons and ultra marathons. So um, yeah, it sums us up really well. Yeah. I, I love the fact that when I, I think when, when I originally interviewed you, you told me that it was great to kind of create something that's, that's almost like a flag. And when, when you're in a public place or when you're out that says, you know, Hey, I'm a runner as well. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a passionate runner. I love my running and that people can kind of like recognize that with each other. And maybe, you know, it's probably sparked many conversations around the country. Yeah, I think that's the thing is sometimes people just need that icebreaker um, to, to start having a chat with, with, with each other. Um, mm. Shouldn't need it in life, really. But I think sometimes you just need that. You need that something that you two people have both got the same interests or the same um, passion for. And running is definitely something that um, if, you, if you meet a fellow runner, you know that you're in for a long conversation. So uh... <laughs> no, I think that's it's fantastic. And that summarizes it great. I think, you know, f fire is great, but you always need that little kind of spark to get it going. And I think I think that's what you guys yeah. create, which is which is great. But you're also here to tell us also about Miles for Mind as well, which is um, your hugely successful kind of challenge for raising awareness around mental health and, and obviously helping people run as well. But before we jump into that, um, how about just like a quick update with everything runner related, especially to do with all the challenges you faced this year and, and how 2020 has been for you guys at runner? Yeah, I mean, 2020, obviously everyone knows the, <clears throat> the position that we were in, everybody in terms of the pandemic and everything that's gone on. So for us, it was kind of juggling home life with, with running a business was, was tricky. Um, but as I say, everyone's in a similar position with, with juggling work and home life. But yeah, for runner, mm -hmm. I think that, with lockdown one, which started back in March 2020, I think within the first kind of month or two, so many more people have taken up running. On Portsmouth Seafront, you can see the number of people that were running, that were walking, that were cycling, just yeah. levels of activity out and about have gone sort of through the roof. I think with obviously with gyms being shut and other indoor um, exercise areas that people were kind of almost forced out onto the street to exercise. So mm. um, yeah, 2020 was kind of a roller coaster year. We had some some real ups where we had some real good things go on. We were hit slightly with supply, um, but yeah, it was a really good year. And I think that the, the virtual runs for us kind of came along at a really good time. So we had miles for mine back in May, yep. which we were kind of expecting maybe two and a half to three thousand people to sign up but we ended up with six and a half thousand. It was kind of just all kind of happened at the same time. So um, yeah, it was a, a, an interesting year, but for us, runs just gone from strength to strength and we've, 
come into 2021 with some, some new events and lots of new ideas and um yeah it's going to be fun to see what we can achieve this year brilliant uh, it's, it's been it's been fantastic kind of like watching watching the, the brand get bigger and and you guys off, off, offering more products and some really really good designs which which actually I, w- I wanted to kind of ask you about a little bit as well and this is kind of like the, the good stuff which i'm sure listeners will want to know about and, and i'm sure lots of them have browsed your your range but i guess the, the I'm going to call it the clothing line. I don't know whether that's the right term or not. You're probably thinking, Dan, what are you talking about? But I guess maybe to say the products seem to have kind of grown. You know, what you're offering on the site has, has grown. And there's, I know you've got various accessories you can buy, which, which are not just, you know, not just clothing as well. But maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the new products that have come along. So maybe some of those new designs. I know you've got a popular kind of 80s Nintendo, as I call the Nintendo one, um, a design which you offer. But maybe you could tell us a little bit about, about some of that. Yeah, I mean, for us, we we position ourselves as a fitness and lifestyle brand. So the idea is that you can wear runner when you're running. So we've got now quite a, a decent range of technical running hats and running visors. Uh, we've got snooze, which are now made from 100% recycled plastic bottles. Right. And then the, the lifestyle aspect of it is almost that once you've been for your run and you've got home and you've got showered and changed, you can then put your runner gear on. And that's where the t-shirts, the jumpers, the, the hoodies come in and... Yeah, we've been just been playing around with, with ideas and um, myself, Matt and Martin here at Runner, we often, you, even just when you're out and about, you'll see designs, you think that looks really cool, the way the colours match or the, the design looks really good. So we often mm-hmm. just throw ideas around and yeah, the 80s Runner was one we launched at the back end of last year and it's kind of inspired by a combination of sort of Nintendo, of Teletext, of Tetris. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah it's gone down really well it's been it's one of our most popular designs last year which is um, really positive considering we launched it so late in the year but um, yeah we're always looking just for, for new designs new products new opportunities and uh, try and take inspiration from what other people are doing and things that we see whether it's in the world of running or other sports or just sort of um, fashion brands in general really so um, the, the kind of we're fortunate because we're a small business we can kind of act quite quickly and if we yeah. have a new idea that comes up we can kind of play with it and we can get other people involved that have, are more have got more expertise in certain areas um yeah, yeah and it's, been, it's just gone from strength to strength really until up until uh, where we are now really that's brilliant well i'll I tell you what that nintendo kind of inspired one or, or, or tetris and stuff you say it really appeals to me because I'm, I'm of that age where i grew up with nintendo games obviously in the 80s and stuff and and i'm i'm, I'm eyeballing my own hoodie of that so um <laughs> so as soon as i need one I'm, I'm going to be getting one definitely i can't wait for it <laughs> awesome <laughs> I, I also love how you how you also have, i think in the past have engaged um your followers on social media to to almost kind of themselves have a look at some of the ideas and designs that you've been playing with and kind of get the get the public's opinion on that. I think I think that's fantastic as well because kind of people I guess feel feel a little bit more part of it and stuff. Yeah, it's important for us that we've got quite a sort of an engaged following on social media. So one thing for us is that again myself Matt and Martin we're all sort of late 30s early 40s guys that we know what we would like but when we look Mm -hmm. at there's females that buy our products there's other age groups that buy our products so it's really key for us to kind of understand the types of things that people are looking for whether it's products whether it's designs um what kind of interests people have that maybe could come that could flow into the design so yeah on a few occasions we've kind of put it out to the the, the running world, the running community, and said, look, here's, here's some ideas we've got. So I think the latest one we had towards the back end of last year was around creating or designing a technical hat, a technical running hat. 
Yep. Um, and it was brilliant because we had people sending ideas in. We had kids designing hats, which was awesome to get Amazing. to see them getting involved. And um, yeah, it's great to, to kind of listen to what the feedback is. Some of it we take on board. Some of it we put in the ideas bank and we'll save it for another time. And uh, yeah, it's just great to have more input from people with a, a different demographic than self, Matt and Martin. Fantastic. I think that's great. And it's like, yeah, it just sounds a whole, a whole lot of fun um, for you guys as well. Must be, must be a really interesting process. Now, I've got a very random question for you here, Craig, that I'm going to throw in. Where's the furthest away from home for you that you've seen people wearing your gear? And, and obviously, as a runner yourself, would you approach them, say hello and, and kind of introduce yourself? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, great question for us. I mean, we still, it's giving me goosebumps now, to be fair. Like, whenever we see people wearing our stuff, it's still amazing to think that they spent their hard-earned cash on an idea, a design, a concept that we've created from scratch. Um, I think for us, probably want to say um, Athens in Greece. Okay. So we went out there to do the marathon, crikey, what year was it now? I think it was 2018. That's right. I remember, um, I remember from your story and your interview, you told us about this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was brilliant. Myself and Matt went out there. We took our other halves and my oldest son, um, Archie went out there and we did the Athens marathon. So we went out there for four or five days with the marathon in the middle. And we, we spotted someone with a runner hoodie on, which was amazing. Cause you're like Athens is however many, what thousand miles away, however far away it is yeah. to go that distance. We were going there for a marathon, but to still see someone that's, got a suitcase and thought what should I take with me let's chuck the runner hoodie in that was amazing to see but again it kind of it kind of makes us think that people when they're people, runners are so passionate about running this is what we love about yeah. the sport is that when you go away you almost want to take stuff that shows off the fact you're a runner so you yeah you, even, true. If you're not, not going, even if you're not going for an organized event you take your running gear I mean every time I go on holiday I take my running gear it's one of the first things that gets thrown in the suitcase yeah so, um, so for us to to see that it was amazing so um yeah, we still it still gives us it's a, it's definitely sort of brings us back down to earth when you see people that are wearing our stuff, just thinking this is this is it's amazing that people have gone that, that like what we're obviously putting out there. Mm, brilliant, fantastic, love that all the way over in Greece. So uh, absolutely amazing. So listen, let's move on to miles for mine now. Now um, you said you talked about 2020 being you know that you had so many more entrants. I think you said over 6,000 people participated in in the challenge. I mean, I think you, if I've got this right, you raised over £268,000 for, for Mind, which, which is incredible. Have I got that figure right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Which is, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it must have kind of blown all expectations out of the water completely. And, and well done to everybody who, who took part, who, who might be listening as well. So it's fantastic. But was, was the feedback good from, from, from the runners? Did you get much, um, much kind of writing in afterwards and, and people saying how, how good the challenge was? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we try and do after the event is, <clears throat> excuse me, is we try and get feedback from the runners to understand kind of what they thought and, and how they found the event, but also kind of why why it was important for them to take part. So with the six and a half thousand people that signed up and took part, we then had another two and a half thousand that took part in our Leave Nothing But Footprints virtual event, which was in October. Okay. So we had probably 9,000 plus runners that took part over the course of last year. And I think what what really was the the most successful thing was that people wanted a challenge of of something to focus their running on but i think it kind of gave them an opportunity to properly think about the situation they found themselves in with with everything that was happening at the time and still is now and i think it kind of just showed that it's not just it's not just you as an individual that's going through this everyone's going through this 
Yeah. And I think mental health has become much more of a, um, a talking point. And not just in the last 12 months, I think it was becoming more of a, an accepted topic of conversation and less of a taboo subject. Almost. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that by, by offering Miles for Mind as a platform, both to have an event to take part in, but also for people to share their own stories through blogs or through just chatting to others on social media, the, the feedback was really positive that we were we were able to kind of offer a platform for people to just talk to each other and share their stories. Mm. Um, and, and that's great because that was the idea behind Miles to Mind, which we're now in our, this is our fourth year that we've been running it, is that okay. we want to bring people together, yes, to run together and to walk together and to be active together, but also to give them that platform to talk together and to talk to each mm. other. Brilliant. And I think that's one of the most things that we're most proud of, that we're giving people that platform We've, we've raised in, yeah, in the three and a half years, £268,000 for Mind, which is amazing because that money can be used in so many different ways by Mind. And we're in constant conversation with Mind around how we can support them and they can support us. And, and it's brilliant knowing that that amount of money has been raised for such a great charity. Incredible. So it's something you should be really proud of. And obviously, again, people who have taken part be, be really proud about that as well. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about this year's challenge, um, how it's bigger, how it's changed and, and how it's different from, from last year's challenge? And also maybe how people can take part and, and what's on offer from you guys for, for completing the challenge? Sure. So in 2020, we got a lot of people in between the two events we ran. So one was May and one was October saying, what other challenges have you got on? And at the time, we were kind of like, crikey, where this is enough of a juggling act running these two at the, at just throughout the year. So yeah. as we got to the end of last year, we thought to ourselves, what would be really cool is to try and put a series of Miles to Mind events out there. So what we decided upon was to have four events throughout the year, one in each season of the year. So the first one is our winter edition, which starts on the 1st of February. Okay. Um, we've currently got, just looking at the numbers, we've got about 1,500 people signed up so far. Yep. which is brilliant because what we tend to find is that the majority of people will sign up right at the end of the month and going into the start of the challenge. Okay. Um, yeah, and we've got four events. We've got one in February. We've got the spring one is going to be in May. So that's the original month for our Miles to Mind that we've run in the past. We've then got the summer one in August and we've got the autumn one in November. So we'll have the four throughout the year. They're nicely spaced out. So people have got time to kind of um, get over one challenge before the next starts. Mm. Yeah, and our aim is to hopefully have over 15,000 people take part in all of the events um, combined this year. Um, it's all in aid of mind, which is brilliant. We're continuing to work with those, and we really want to build on the 268,000 that the, the Miles to Mind community have raised for mind so far. Yep. We really want to build on that through this year, and then as we go through this year, no doubt we'll be looking ahead to, to 2022, which is uh, obviously coming up. So, yeah it's, yeah, it's really exciting. It's kind of it's, it's really new kind of concept for us of having the four events but the, the feedback so far has been brilliant the medals have literally landed on my desk this morning so we're going to be sharing Yay. those on social this evening which um it's not about the, the medal for miles for mine it's about the it's about mind and raising awareness of mental health but with any event people do like to, to kind of see what's uh, up for grabs at the end of it so i'm sure there's going to be a few few interested people keeping an eye out tonight I, I think so definitely i think the medals are, are always important because you, you never know who's taking part and and you know just how big a focus um for them that challenge may be so i think taking away a medal at the end of it is is you know is always quite nice and and something to, to remember the event by but uh, that sounds absolutely brilliant craig really does um i i, I wish you best for it um and and hope yeah, it goes well you. and hope everyone out there you know wishing everyone who's, who's taking part good luck i hope the miles all go well um 
one final question for you, Craig. Uh, now that it's winter, if someone out there wanted something to keep them a little bit warmer on those kind of like late night walks when it's cold or, or morning walks, what would you recommend that they could uh, they, they could snuggle up in? Because I've seen those really nice big kind of bobble hats that you get and they, they just they always look so cozy. <laughs> yeah they've been they've been so popular it's been quite ridiculous but yeah a winter a range of winter bobble hats they just they're so warm and cozy they're, they're brilliant for being out and about especially on a cold wintry uh walk here on the seafront and, and then yeah. like you, we mentioned earlier our 80s runner hoodie um it's been it's really popular again it's nice and warm and snug perfect for the winter so they're kind of our preferred preferred items for when we head out and about Brilliant. Excellent stuff. Now, listen, just just before you go, where can people find your website and, and a little bit more about you on social media? Because I think you guys are on Instagram and, and Twitter and all those those platforms as well. Yeah, so our website is www.runner.co.uk. And if you go, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you just look up, up Runner, R-U-N-R, we're normally up there somewhere near the top. And then Miles to Mind, the event starts on the 1st of February. The entry is likely to kind of remain open until maybe sort of 4th or 5th. Okay. Um, so people can head to our website, click on virtual run at the top of the menu and you'll see the miles of mine there in the menu. So um, there's still plenty of time for anyone to get involved and get running and talking throughout the, the month of February. Excellent. And I also highly recommend people join your runner Strava group as well, because I think that's always quite interesting to kind of watch um, and, and see how other participants are getting on. Yeah, definitely. It's another opportunity for people to kind of motivate, encourage and, and celebrate any successes and achievements that, that runners have achieved. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great to see the interaction again on uh, from people that have never met each other, don't live anywhere near each other. And that's just the, the brilliant thing about social media. Excellent. Craig, listen, thanks so much for coming on and, and, and kind of updating us with everything runner related. Um, wish you all the best this year and hope to see you out for a run soon. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, Dan. Hello, Ross, and uh, a well-needed warm welcome to the show on this on this chilly day um how have you been keeping sir yeah good to speak to you dan uh thanks for having me on i feel i feel honored there's probably many more people ahead of me but thank you um i've been well thanks um no covid touchwood so far and yeah. uh, you're right we had a bit of a cold snap recently but mm. the running gloves have come out hats hats on jackets on um so we're still going out for some miles but um yeah no all, all well thank you Excellent, excellent stuff. You mentioned running gloves there. Do you know that was my my pet my pet hate until recently because I've I've tried so many gloves. I've been through endless pairs of gloves, but I've bought them online and they they look good and they kind of like, yeah. they do the task for the cold. My hands always get cold, and I've finally I think found some um, what are they called uh, sealskin mittens so I can keep my fingers together. Oh, I, I don't know what your good hands man. are like when you run in the cold. Yeah, I am. Um, I feel it, and, and I've been feeling it more often because I've, I've kept the mileage up heavily this winter versus mm -hmm. some others and funnily enough I've, uh, I've just got one new pair of gloves and so I'm now using two pairs so I've got yeah you'll hate me for saying this but I've got a uh, Castelli cycling pair of gloves which oh. are like three mil neoprene you said the bad word for, I know so <laughs> I, I, put, I, put, I put the cycling word in within a minute already, <laughs> but, um, but they, they're like they're three mil neoprene and on those like I mean hard frost mornings mm -hmm. they're a godsend and then I've got a pair of Nikes that have just literally arrived from Wiggle um a couple of days ago they've okay had two run they've had two runs already they're a little bit a little bit thicker than just a, a thin cotton pair so they keep the wind and a, a little bit of weather out and so far top marks from them as well so yeah gloves are definitely needed at this time of year yeah absolutely uh, and I think my um today I took my boy down to the beach after after lunch 
and uh, he took my gloves so i think he'll be wearing them from now on so hopefully <laughs> i get to wear <laughs> them a little bit. yeah yeah absolutely so listen have, have you been out running today i know we um in fact i know you have because we bumped or ran past each other uh this morning yeah yeah i was out um out for i think ended up being about 12k my friend nicola um and nice easy steady run for the morning just kind of get out before sunrise and where, mm. did, where did we pass each other just along the seafront as we often do yeah it was um, near the pier i think yeah that's it yeah and just yeah. um that, that's kind of what i love about running around portsmouth actually it's a it's a big small city mm. and so more often than not there's many routes to go around but you're bound to bump into one of like the regulars as i call them the like the promenade pounders and you just just throw an order a wave um but no good run this morning yeah 12k uh, nice and chilled nice and steady picked it up towards the end just to get the lungs working a little bit and then home for a coffee yeah, I, I like that promenade pounders. That's really good because it was... Um, <laughs> Maybe there's a running club in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah there could be. Yeah, Just hold that name, everybody, because uh, <laughs> one's coming soon. <laughs> and it's so funny you should mention about bumping into to runners because I think it was like a couple of years ago, I was going around the island and I was getting pretty tired and, and was, was was hurting a bit. And then you kind of like ran up all nice and fresh behind me. I don't know what you'd been, whether you'd done longer or been around the island yourself. And, uh, you know, we, we got chatting for... For, for some time and kind of shared some running stories between each other and, and obviously that's kind of a you know that's one of the incidents that kind of helped spawn this podcast in itself yeah so, i'd um yeah funny enough yeah, that must be maybe getting on for two years mm. ago now because i was i remember i was kind of in winter marathon training mode and yeah. so that for me was like a classic lap of the island which is always 20 something k and i think you were training for maybe it's one of your prep races for your i think you had like a did you run through the night through a tunnel or something a while back? Uh, I, do you know, I, I had an entry for, yeah, for that race called the tunnel, which is, um, yeah, I won't go into it too much. I think those okay. who know it will know it, but um, it, it didn't end up happening in the end. So, uh, but yeah. Gotcha. But I, I think, well, we must have discussed that, but I think you were prepping for that and you you were on a, a 30 plus K run or something. But yeah, mm. I think that was one of our first longer introductions because obviously we got to know each other through the, the famous now Southie Park Run um and your professional bagpipe playing and, oh, then, yes. um, and then yeah that, that that run they must have been yeah, a good hours running waffle um, yeah, it was, and it was sharing really some stories yeah it was lovely it was lovely um listen i, I thought you know we, we we've chatted a little bit now i'm sure people are wondering who's ross so i thought maybe it would be a good a good way for you to kind of maybe tell everyone maybe a little short description about about yourself your name maybe maybe start with your name and a little bit about <laughs> what kind of running you do what kind of sport you do and stuff yeah sure um yeah so ross uh, ross partridge and i've been i've been living in portsmouth now um kind of since my time here at university so that's since 2006 um had a short holiday to the med for best part of a couple of years in between that time until now but okay. um i grew up in hertfordshire so family home is up in hertfordshire um, mm-hmm. i'm 32 so life began in 1988 which oh. suddenly, seem, suddenly seems like a long time ago but you'll think I'm a little whippet still <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, but yeah so family up in Hertfordshire and that's kind of where running began um, and then always carried on ever since really and mm-hmm. yeah like I said down here for university and when it came to choosing a, a place to live um I, st- I still can't beat Portsmouth. Things are only ever developing on the up. Yeah. A, g- a great running location and hosts still the world's largest 10 mile road race each year, which is the Great South, which is one of the first dates in the calendar every year. Oh, yeah. um, and I guess I've always been a runner at heart, recently turned 
triathlete after a drunken bet, which I'm sure we'll get into a bit later <laughs> oh, on. Oh yes, we're going to get into that. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, runner at heart, uh, love everything about it. The the competition um, and more recently, the just the pure enjoyment of it mm. and the, the almost the I know the, the, the honour that it is to be able to just go out, hack some miles and come home again without really thinking about it. I think I've taken that for granted for a while. And I'm now realising how how lucky you also are to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, having having the thankful genetics from my parents to allow me to do that for hours on end. Yeah, and, and do you know what, Russ? I, I, I'm really excited to, to, to kind of talk about your story and stuff. And, and you've really hit the nail on the head there with the running and how I feel about it myself and how most of the listeners probably feel about it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm so keen to get into that and kind of how, you know, almost as we'll, we'll hear from your story coming up, you kind of went from, you know, being quite a competitive runner to kind of finding that, that real kind of like underlying passion for it when you eventually realize that everything that comes after that is just a bonus, you know, that once you've got that passion for something, you got it all. Yeah, 100%. There's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a much better balance to everything now. And I was quite looking back mm-hmm. now, even, even looking back only three, four, five years ago, super naive to everything and now i've just really honed in on the knowledge which has then increased the enjoyment of it um so it's a it's it's a fine balance to find but i think i'm still finding it but it's certainly getting better yeah yeah i think we're always going to be chasing that for our entire lives but you know that's part of part of the journey and uh, part about being human and everything that we do as well but ross listen you mentioned earlier i'm gonna have to get you back on this you mentioned earlier that i'm I, i play the bagpipes um Running's not your only hobby either, because you you sail, is that right? Yeah, yeah, um, mad keen sailor. Um, yeah, I've been sailing, crikey, uh, into decades now. But um, okay. yeah, grew up, um, always grew up like around, around the coast. Like obviously, Hertfordshire being home, it's fairly landlocked, bar a couple of gravel pits and puddles. But um, yeah, there's been a few boats in the family, and all like Easter weekends were spent on and around the water. That's how we kind of got to know Portsmouth. Um, there's like even like childhood videos of me on Southie Common waiting for the Isle of Wight ferry to go to the Isle of Wight. Little did I know it in the background of the video is my to-be university halls. But um, so the coast has always been a major part and um, that developed into some like hefty competition um, raced throughout university with the, with the University of Portsmouth sailing team. Okay. And then privately on a number of yachts and keelboats uh like i say for the last 10 years solid um and, and still do now so weekends are precious times and uh, yeah to say, sure. they're bu- to say they're busy would be an understatement absolutely and i, I wanted to ask um you know that i mean it's, it's incredible amounts of, of stuff you've done and you, like you say you must be really busy and enjoy your, your kind of time off but are there any benefits to the sailing or the running um, you know, doing both of them together. Like, does does the running fitness help with the sailing, or, or vice versa? <laughs> yeah, I think especially like um, so, depending on um, people's knowledge and stuff. So, um, racing like seven, eight meter keelboats, which are like a, an open topped boat, and they're not a dinghy, but they're not a yacht. They're somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say the definition of a keelboat is it doesn't have a toilet. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so racing, racing boats like that for uh, I don't know two or three hours solid over the weekend in small in small bursts over 50 odd minute races um just just being fit in general just having some good core strength good aerobic strength you'll find over say a week's regatta or like a bank holiday regatta you're punching out seven eight nine races and it's the guys arguably well no doubt well honed sailors but 
it, the fitter teams tend to prevail. So, but both are complementary. And I'd say that the running probably helps the sailing rather than the sailing helping the running. Okay. Um, because as, as, as competitive as the sailing is, um, the competition moves to the bar pretty swiftly afterwards as well. So okay. uh, <laughs> I think uh, runners may make better sailors than sailors make better runners. Brilliant. I, I love that. What a great way to finish that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Now, listen, I, I've asked a lot of the guests recently about, about how kind of COVID has, has, has affected one's racing and stuff. And we all know that last year was pretty much a write-off for, for most races. But without jumping ahead too much, I, I did want to touch on the fact that we bumped into each other very recently. And I know that you managed to uh, get a marathon in at Goodwood. Um yeah. Just for those listening, uh, Ross, you smashed the sub three hour mark. You got a two fifty three fifty five. Um, I know it wasn't your first marathon, but wow, what what an achievement! And can you tell us a little bit about kind of twenty twenty COVID? Uh, how was how you were affected and and how that kind of helped? Uh, kind of maybe you achieve that and and kind of how twenty twenty worked for you. Yeah. No. What a year for I think everyone's story. What's interesting about last year is. It, it's the, the same thing has affected everybody, but everyone's mm. story is like completely different. I've known friends that have lost jobs straight away and, and others that have just got, got more work on, etc. cetera. Um, I, I fell in the middle of all that. Um, yeah. So with a quite a, an outfacing uh, sales role for my job, um, it was a mixture of work and, and furlough and, and a, it just a bit of a cocktail really. And I, really fitness and and sport was the one thing you could control, especially when we could get out for like that one hour a day or, or as soon as you were out. So I, was like a, I was like a caged animal. Um, my wife, Rosie, um, we just got a, a, a spaniel puppy. So now she says she's got two spaniels at home. Because <laughs> I was just, I was climbing the walls. Um, and I just, I just made sport my, my absolute focus because it's the one thing we could naturally control yeah um i've got a great coach in phil standen uh, i tried coaching as well so he kept me he kept me on the straight and narrow um okay. and gave me a plan each week um per day and we had some goals in mind for 2020 before 2020 completely just <laughs> the rug got swept from underneath all of us and one of them what was a marathon and that marathon was meant to be in march then it got moved to june then it got moved to September. Then that original marathon completely like went and, and disappeared yeah. off the calendar. And actually that's now booked for April this year. And then suddenly Goodwood came up. Um, and sub three for me has, has been a plan for a number of years now. Marathons have always been in the plan even since I was a kid. Okay. Um, but sub three was becoming more of a reality. And it, it it's kind of the, to me, it was the, that kind of that st stamp of approval in, in in our like amateur field that that three marker is always the the nod yeah if, if you one. Go, yeah. go and get it um so so yeah a lot of hard work went into it um huge amount of volume training um and dare i mention it again but, but the cycling helped aerobically to keep the legs fresh and goodwood itself great track i almost felt like Obviously, Elliot Kachogi a while back had his breaking two. I felt like this is my little breaking three project. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, it, it had to be like the perfect day. And luckily, despite it being bitterly cold, it couldn't have been much over four or five degrees. And then there was a little wind as well, and Goodwood's fairly exposed. But um, yeah, what a great day. 11 laps, which was 
horrific. I'm not going to lie. 11 laps was, a, was it was a real head game um, to try and hold like just over four minute Ks um, or th- three, the six and a half minute miling. Um, did it feel good? Lap, sorry. Did it feel good? Did, did you feel good it all felt, the way around? It, it felt absolutely great. Uh, like, like we, I just managed to nail the nutrition, um, okay. nail the prep, which I, I didn't, I was waiting for a wall to come. And I realized the wall was actually only in my head that day. And, and it, it just wasn't there. It, was, it wasn't arriving. And right. we even went, well, it didn't quite go negative. So it didn't quite run the second half faster than the first. But mm-hmm. I was about 90 seconds off because we were really watching, watching the clock. Because it was, it was a time trial for me. It was, I, I had to get this done. I need to, yeah. <laughs> I won't sleep and I won't rest until that number's ticked off. Mm. Um, that's, the, that's the horrible competitive side I have within myself. And mainly just against myself sometimes. Well, it's, and, good. it's um, good though, because you, you kind of keep that competitive edge when you need it. You know, you put it out of the bag when, when you want it. It's, it's a real asset to have. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely learned to, to balance that more. Um, a few years back, I'd go out for a run and be like, right, I have to do this this quickly and uh, train for the great south so i've got to go and run 10 miles really quick to train for the great south whereas i now know that that is completely the wrong thing to do mm-hmm. um but then to just turn just turn the um turn the focus on when when it needs to really happen and yeah luckily hooked in with two great guys um had three hours to make two very good friends and we're now obviously straight away friends on strava and Always keep happens, in touch yeah. <laughs> keep in touch a little bit and yeah, we, we just paced each other around. We pelotoned into the breeze and, and shielded lap after lap. So I led a lap, then they led one, then the other guy led one. So um, Tony and um, John, these two guys I met. Okay. And yeah, just had a great day. And, and to come home in sub three, I honestly, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was on my knees over the finish line. Um, fairly, not afraid to say it, fairly emotional as well. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Ma- ma- racing marathons has now been a three to four year sport for me now, but I've applied for London probably for the last 10 years, but never got in, but started okay. to race them in the last four years. And um, it's been a you know, volatile history of marathons, but to, to now respect them and, and learn from them and, and now race them. So, so you can take part in marathons and anybody who does one, I've got the utmost respect. And I'm now fortunate enough to, to race marathons, which, which felt, yeah, it felt fantastic. That's good. That's excellent. Well, congratulations again. What a, no, what thanks, a great man. result. And I was very surprised when I saw you, I think a couple of days after crossing the road in, in Albert Road, that you weren't hobbling and you were you were quite happily hopping off and, and onto the pavements again. So, yeah, good recovery. Well. Um, looks can be deceiving and a flat <laughs> white can hide any injury. <laughs> I was, believe me, I was hurting. But the next day I, uh, I was struggling to get down the stairs uh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. yeah brilliant Ex- excellent stuff what, what, what a great story to hear and uh, yeah like you say just just fantastic and i'm sure the next one you'll be aiming for two uh, 249 but um listen Ross, we're going to move on a little bit and we're going to kind of get going with your with your story um, and i want to step back a number of years now to your to your kind of early early childhood memories and you you obviously wrote to me and, and sent me some information about your story and you did a lot of um, what it sounded like touring kind of following your your father around supporting his races um, so, so I'm, I'm going to assume your dad's a, good, a runner too, a good runner too. Um, tell us a little bit about his running and how those kind of memories um, impacted your childhood looking back. Yeah, well, I, I owe everything to those bits really, but we're often mm. um, like chips off the old block, etc. and apples don't fall far from trees. And, and yeah, childhoods were, were spent like many, 
well, I guess you only remember the good bits and maybe not the standing in the rain in some of film course. near Watford or something like that. But, I, was, uh, I was hoping you were going to say that because I've dragged my family out to a few finishes <laughs> before in the rain. So please, I'm, I'm glad you've just said that. But no, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's then, but, but both my parents have run. Uh, my mum's completed like uh, couch to 5k stuff and, 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 and has kept her fitness and walking up uh, through, throughout life really. And, and dad himself. Brilliant. Yeah. Like um, he, he, he always been like, into sports and then we're a sporting family and then running's been his his core core sport as well as well as a couple of others but running's okay. always always come back and yeah the local running club so dad will go off to do to do runs with them club is called wear joggers and it would be anything from like a five miler up to a half marathon um, just for a local county league and an internal league within the club and then, then during the days there, on the Sundays, there'd be like kids runs or like a toddler's dash, as they were called, and like a, a one kilometre run or, or just something. And it was essentially, it was something for me to go and do or, or mum and I to go and do while dad's out for an hour and a half or something. And it just turned out they were, one, quite good fun. And I think as a kid, if you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10 years old and, and you're going and doing stuff and like not doing bad at it, you're more mm -hmm. inclined to do it again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it just started to snowball from there. Um, and I think still to this day, one of the best medals I've ever got was one of my first races. And it was this huge, gaudy, plasticky gold medal <laughs> for winning this little like 60 yard sprint or something. Um, Fantastic. And yeah, it just it's just memories from there just stem and it, it's just stuck. It'll, I think it will always be a part of you from then. Brilliant. Excellent. That sounds really good. So you, you've still got those medals, have you, from back then? Uh, so, uh, there's a lot still back at home. There's, there's, there's a couple of shoeboxes jingling underneath my parents' bed, I think, somewhere, a lot, along with along with a bunch of dads. Like, d dad's pretty accomplished in his own right. Uh, he, he was he was like club club champion multiple times and wow, like, okay. several several marathons under his belt. And there's there's still one there's still one personal best of his I haven't got yet, which is a 10k. Um, so I've been trying to chase his times essentially so they've been good motivators in the last handful of years um, so the, but there's one one more to tick off which is uh which is the 10k okay so so question for you now is when you ran the marathon you got you got your dad's marathon time did you you beat it yeah uh, yeah well uh, i got dad's marathon time um he he hated me for it i got his his marathon time on my first completed marathon so oh, really that that dad's was a yeah, he, he never put him down as himself down as a, as a marathon runner. He, he did okay. a number for charity and stuff, but his 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 best were like your 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 ten k's to okay. ten milers. Uh, Dad was a three. I think he dipped under three thirty for a marathon, which crikey is still still lightning for for, for most people. And mm. then my first marathon was a three sixteen. So there's always a little jibe and a joke um, trying to get each other's time. So that was a it it felt felt good. Excellent. That's brilliant. And and one of my questions to you was going to be, did your mum run as well? So I'm glad that you said that she did. And and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Some running yeah. Together. And they said, um, during COVID, they're that they're, they're getting out for at least for a daily walk of four or five miles a day just to just to keep keep the steps up. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it sounds like it sounds like you had loads of good exposure, like to, I guess to, to the running to the running kind of world world back then. Did you have any um, coaches back then in particular that you can remember very well that that, that played a part in um, in you kind of enjoying the running and and, and getting involved in it? Crikey, yeah, the coach. Yeah, there, there's a few that stand out. So when when it turned out like okay, running is a thing that I'm enjoying and I c I could get into, um, then competition kind of 
started to come in. So there was um, at the local back in Hertfordshire at the local like, sports complex, a bit like um, Mountbatten, a carbon copy of Mountbatten back at home mm-hmm. in Hertfordshire, the place okay. called Watson Park. There was a the the, the track and field club there was called uh, Hearts and Wear. I think they're now raced under Hearts Phoenix. I think they combined with another club. This was ten or so years ago, but um, there was like a junior section there run by um. Uh, I forget his surname now, but a guy called Bob. Um, okay. I hope he's still around and, and still teaching kids. But he, um, they throw us essentially into every single sport in Hartford and Ware Athletics Club. And little did we know they were just watching us and like, can he or she throw? Can he or she jump? Can he or she sprint or, or hold pace for more than five minutes type thing? And we were kind of then funneled into our own little sections as we got a bit older. Um, okay. So then I joined... Got, yeah, Malcolm and Adrian were my first two coaches on the track. So, so track became life for, for a few years. And so 1500 metres was where I kind of found myself. And, and was, this like, over, yeah. was this, sorry, Ross, was this over at where joggers or would you, were you part of a different club? This was, so this was uh, Hartford Wear Athletics Club. Wear, so this, was, yep. this was track and field. And gotcha. then where joggers being my dad's club, um, which is for, for the local listeners, where joggers is exactly like Baffin's. It's like one of the best stories. It was four or five guys and girls meeting in the broom cupboard of a of of this Watson Park um, athletics area. Now that and sounds dodgy, broom- Ross. <laughs> 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 Luckily, the, b- before smartphones and camera phones. Yeah. But um, yeah, they they meet in the broom cupboard because that's like the little room that they could just get just just, yeah. just go and meet and chuck bags in and stuff, and then. Suddenly, four or five members became a dozen, became 50, become hundreds. And I'm sure they've got a thousand, maybe obviously non-active members on the books now. But yeah, so you've got Hartford and Ware with the, the track and field then. Ware joggers, just like Baffins for the local guys around here, just 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 grew and grew and grew. And, and suddenly they're off going around the world on expeditions and, and, and Berlin Marathon, New York Marathon, etc. So mm. yeah, two, two clubs helped my childhood running for sure um and Hartford and Ware what was track 1500 three and three quarter laps time and time again um and then with them I also raced cross country in in my teens um and and still to this day cross country is like a pure love of mine um okay that's when you kind of throw the watch out the window and you you just run through the mud, it, through the puddles. It, it, through the mud, through the puddles, just run run to, to how you're feeling because it's all position-based. No, it doesn't matter for PBs. You can't PB cross-country races. It's all for position, for club. It doesn't matter if you're first, last, in the middle. You're going to count. You're going to help your team somewhere. That's great. Which, yeah. is, which is the great bit of cross-country. Men, women, it, d- it doesn't matter. You're all part of one team. And, and mass often wins cross-country. You might have two guys who are clear ahead, but if you've got a bunch of guys in the middle of the field, which are all clubbing together and grabbing the points in the middle, then you're more often not going to win. Um, so yeah, cross country for me is, is another fantastic side to our sport, which it's just, yeah, mano, mano, can I beat that guy or girl up the hill um, yeah. and get, get to that bit of red tape whistling in the wind before them. Awesome. So, so it sounds like you, I mean, you were quite competitive as a young runner as well. And are there any particular races, um, wins, or, or maybe even like fails for you or DNFs or whatever that, that really stick out? Any any kind of like, you know, pick 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 one of your favorite races or race memories you have? Well, but back as a kid. Back as a kid, yeah. Yeah, or, or, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I can remember, yeah, almost 
almost the same race, but like a, a good and bad, really, like years apart. So um, I was lucky enough to race for Hertfordshire as a kid. So you um, qualified through, I don't know if it was through school or through Hartford Ware and the Track okay. and Field Club and their cross-country division. But I was, I was really fortunate enough to race for Hertfordshire and compete in like um, national championships. And we went up to Nottingham once um, to, to race in the, like, the National Cross-Country League. And um, like even like Mo Farrell was there in his age group. He must have been what, under maybe racing under 18s, under 20s or something. And then the, <laughs> there's me not quite knowing what I'm doing there, but in the under 13 group. Um, okay. And like, and the, the, Johnny Brownlee was in that race. So wow. really, really poor claim to fame is, I think Johnny Brownlee that year got second in the like national cross countries. And I, I was dwindling down in 50th or something like that. But that, yeah. was a, that was a cool race to be a part of. That, that would always stick with me. You got to represent your county um right. and race against crikey what would then turn out to be olympians good experience um, yeah. and so obviously very naive back then but but that was really good um but then similarly i got an injury when i was in my teens um i think it was like osgood slatters some some physios can back me up on the right or wrong pronunciation later but um it, i just got growth pains um through my right sorry left knee and similar I don't think it was back up at Nottingham but another like county championship race I felt so guilty data driven what felt like for like hours and hours to this race and 3k in it mm -hmm. felt like somebody just put a gun to the side of your knee and just went bang oh. um and just hobble home and just tail between your legs and the drive home feels twice as long which um I, I've always hated that I hated that day that wasn't a good day and I think I, I lost a bit of love then um because it hurt to run but you know you kind of had to run as a kid no not not that there's any pressure but like running was the yeah. thing and you've got to run and I think looking back at my time now with a maturer mind I'd have taken it differently and kept at it but I think that injury kind of yeah just just softened the love for it um mm. and I think I must have been 15 heading towards 16 at the time and then yeah I think I think a little bit of focus dwindled after that Okay, well, I tell you what. When you when you first messaged me your your information, I, I had to I did have to go and Google Oscar Schlatter's because I thought has Ross has Ross done a typo there because I I've never heard of um such a condition. But yeah, obviously, like you say, it's it's with the knees, isn't it? And um and growth pains and stuff. And it it, it did sound pretty nasty, but it sounded yeah, like I think, go on. I think it's quite. I think it can be quite common, but most people like wouldn't know. Maybe they've even got it because I think mm. obviously if I was as, as a team running running on the track and running on the road because I'd, I'd go out with wear joggers as well for, for like runs and join that club and then go on the track and then do something else and I think it and obviously at school you're, you're playing rugby and you, you're a kid aren't you you're just going hell for leather doing as much as you can I think then the, the sport on top of all of that then just probably aggravated it even more um, and I've always um, even to this day I've tried to stay in shoes which cushion you rather than um, rather than make you a flat-out racer. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just keep an eye on everything. Okay, brilliant, excellent. So, so after that, obviously, you'd mentioned now that you kind of lost a little bit of the love for the running, and and I think as you touched on just now, when you're a, when you're a kid, maybe in your your you know teens or, or late, late teens as you were mid-teens, you're kind of like a little bit less in control of your destiny. So I guess, like you said, you carried on running, but it wasn't fun. Um, but you said that you kind of like carried on running after school for about 10 years casually through through kind of university obviously you mentioned your you were at Portsmouth University 
Um, and you were doing exactly what, what I did for a long time with my, my running, which was training for the Great South Run once a year and kind of pretty much doing that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, everyone in the local area knows that that weekend is is brilliant. It's got such a buzz to it. Um, and and where joggers would, they, they would hire coaches and come down for the Great South Run. So oh, old wow. friends would come down and, and, and family friends come down for the Great South. So it's, it's always such a, a special point in the year and, and the calendar. And uh, I'd enter it and run it, and um, but both both my parents have done it, family friends have done it, and obviously old um, running club friends and members have done it as well. So yeah. it was always just around the Great South, and I I I'd do it just kind of just because you do it really. I didn't really focus too hard to go out for a few jogs, and even at uni, I'd always keep fit and go to the gym and and just have a run. But there was no true focus apart from okay let's go and have a lap of Portsmouth and hope hope it's not blowing 40 knots on the seafront on the turn home because that thing can really beat you down in the last two miles if that wins up but I think um, it was I think I think it was there was one difference between you and I at this point is that you were I think you said that you were always chasing that kind of 60 minute mark whereas I wasn't I was about I was about half an hour behind you so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd always um again again not and, and only until recently like naively I'd be like okay yeah let, let's try and let's try and chase 60 minutes this year because again you pin a magic to the best yeah yeah it's, it's again it's another amateur magic mark sub 60 for 10 um and yeah as soon as the number went on you try and give it everything but it never never quite worked out and you come home in uh, again like i say naively 66 65 um 63 on a good day with no wind etc but yeah i think i've done it must be seven or eight great souths now i think maybe since okay. 2006 yeah. um and each one's been different to the last and um there's always been other friends involved and if you're lucky you see them underneath the bridge as, as you do the double back on winston churchill avenue yeah that's, that's always, always good that's fun. A great bit of the race and there's a few oggy oggy oggies under the bridge to get some echo and some atmosphere going because it, it can get a bit, a bit quiet under there at times um but no yeah the great south is I'll try and do it every year for as long as I can. I think it's a great race on, on a good day um, to anybody. I think it's a PB course. If, if that wind isn't there and um, you're trying to make the Great South your A race, uh, I'd ask anybody to give it a real push because I think it is, a, it is a fast, flat course. It is and pretty good, yeah. It, it, yeah, if you can, you can go in and get a crowd behind you. The atmosphere is fantastic. That There's, what, 20, 30,000 runners in it, whatever yep. it is. It, it's yep. huge. So yeah, great, great South for me, I think is still one of my favorite races. Brilliant. And you were studying at, at uni, just, just quickly, which, um, which course and qualification did you do there? So I studied, um, I studied business and economics. Okay. Uh, it was, it was a four year degree, which was, which was pretty good looking back at it really. Um, there, there was good times and bad times, but the, the four years meant in your third year, there was a placement. So I actually went back home to Hertfordshire and okay. worked in London for a year in my third university out of four years cool. and um and that actually i think you're back actually um that third year actually bought running probably back in even more so because i went back home i went back to club went back to where joggers um I, I started to swim a little bit um got got coached by a friend to start swimming and, and enjoy swimming hit the gym again and and yeah i think i think that year that would have been like 2009 2008 2009 and did a full cross country season again loved it back at home and yeah I think that was a that was a kind of a highlighted year in the last 10 years when I was just bubbling around and everything going back home and getting into almost 
the old regime I, I really enjoyed brilliant sounds really good and you you mentioned earlier that you traveled was it to the did you say to the med after university yeah yes um so i remember i was, I was sitting outside a lecture theater it was towards the, it was in our final year with a friend lisa and um like, oh, what are you going to do after university etc and the, the whole thing is are you going to travel do the classic gap year um <laughs> or, or, or whatever you want to do, go straight to work industry and we'd all already worked for a year so some of us saved some money and bits and pieces. Um, I realized I wanted to travel. Uh, I realized though I didn't want to lose money because funny enough, I'd done a business degree and losing money isn't what you're meant to do. Um, and um, I stumbled across a company called Nielsen who uh, hopefully some listeners being active might know them. They're, they're an active holiday company where you can go to the med, you can sail, windsurf, bike, run, yo, do whatever you want for a week or- okay or sit on a beach for a week and have all-inclusive food and drink. And their motto is relax as hard as you like. Um, oh, I like, I like that. <laughs> yeah, really. Some, somebody marketing got paid a pretty penny coming up with that. That's good. And, um, and that's the thing you could, you can go health leather for seven or 14 days, or you can relax. And so it's a kind of, I, I still think to this day that they're the perfect holiday and we've actually, we earned very little money out there, but I definitely spent all of it because I've gone back on three or four Nielsen holidays since okay amazing i've never uh, heard of it before that's good yeah yeah N- nielsen um look them up I, I i urge everybody um to look them up it's, it's where i uh, ended up meeting my wife rosie and i was a sailing instructor out there and i kept fit there was a gym and um we'd go for runs obviously in 30 plus degree heat whenever you could if, if you weren't hung over or you weren't working on a boat but um yeah the, the med was a great couple of years uh back in 2010 and 2011 and made some dear friends because of it um and they're funnily enough they're, they're coming to Portsmouth so we've got a, a, a couple of groups of friends now uh, somewhere in Hamble Southampton and Portsmouth and even those guys I'm slowly turning them turning them into runners I took my friend James out for his first ever 25k run last week which I was um he, he probably won't listen to this I hope he does I'll send him a link but um yeah. I was super proud of him actually um he's never called himself a runner but he's definitely a runner now going from zero to 25k within a few months of getting back into running i was, I was uh, about to ask uh, is he actually going to ever go out again ross you put him off, you put him off forever no he, he went out he, um he went out two days later and hit a sub 55 uh, 10k which he was even i think he was even happier with Brilliant. um so now he's a he's a he's a full-on runner now um and so yeah we, we we make great friends in the med and luckily they've come back to portsmouth mm. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. That's good. That's good. You can kind of share the love and get other people into it as well, which is great. Um, now, listen, in 2012, um, you mentioned that you kind of like experienced a, a pretty kind of dark year, I think, I think was, was, was to usual words, which, which I'm keen to hear about if, if you want to share, you know, what happened. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, 2012 was, was a weird one. Um, obviously, back in the UK from being the med, um, grabbed a job, wasn't wasn't too content in it and probably just a number of small things really just kind of started to weigh on you a little bit and you just realized you weren't quite yourself you weren't um uh, uh, my, my best friend one, one of my best friends once quoted me with having an an endless enthusiasm for absolutely everything um <laughs> but I realized that that could have been further from the truth back then um and yeah I just, I just wasn't myself and pretty dark and I think everyone is a bit more open about speaking about these things now and, and mental health is, is huge and it's something that i hold very very close to my heart now and um yeah i just and i realized i wasn't even bothered about going for a run 
Um, okay. And that's when I kind of realised, okay, something's not quite right here. There's there's an imbalance somewhere, or I've, I've lost I've lost my my mojo. Um, yeah. Long story short, started just to get it back, and I spoke to a couple of people, and um, and then my dad was like, he called me, but he'd been out for a run. I was like, no, I haven't been out for a run. Then a few days later, been out for a run. No, I've been out for a run. I can't be bothered. It's dark. It's winter. This is like February, March time of, of 2012. Been out for a run. No, I haven't been out for a run. And then I was like, okay, I've got to get out for a run. Went out for a run. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was good, actually. I, ne- I needed that. Yeah, I feel really good. Had a shower, cooked some dinner. Okay, that's great. Next day, yeah, okay, I'll go out for a run. And then... Almost forcing yourself to, to go out, yeah. Yeah, but then suddenly you start to find that okay, this, this is good. And um, times competition are one thing, et cetera, but chucking a pair of trainers on escape. I think it's escapism. Running for me is a, is a huge amount of escapism in running as well, away, away from everything. You can take music with you if you want or just listen to whatever's going on around you. Um, but I think that escapism started to help and still does to this day. Just, I know if I had a great day, get out for a run and you come back, probably sometimes a completely different person. And I'm sure a few people can um, can agree to that. And so running just yeah came back into it then and, and really helped. And so I'll I'll always encourage anybody to to get out and go for a run. It doesn't matter if it's 500 meters and you walk every lamp post and jog to the next one. It doesn't matter. Um, a 5k if you do it in 16 minutes flat, or if you do a 5k in 45 minutes, you've still run as far and arguably work three times as hard as the guy who did it guy girl who did it in 19 so um so yeah running for me that's the other side of the story is yeah it it, it helps everybody um you get the endorphin high um you can then go and eat as much chocolate pudding as you want and (laughs) and enjoy enjoy the nice things of life and grab a beer at the end of the day everything feels so much nicer after a run it does it's just those home comforts i always say it they just feel so yeah 100 percent. so no that running running really helped that period um so i've always been a huge a huge supporter of um using fitness as just a way to get some balance back or or, or get a get a spike a positive spike into the day so it's almost through that experience you've kind of found that at the side where you you kind of know that you you're doing something here that you feel so passionate about and like you say forget the racing forget times forget the watch whatever if you're out running with some friends you you can come back a completely different person i think you hit the nail on the head there yeah and um and and there's some like sports clubs and things i think um like obviously Portsmouth triathletes I've got to know a bunch of those guys and girls now and and then friends that want to go out for a run and I, I think that that side of the sport is, is hugely important that that community aspect we all we all know it as runners but to those on the outside you see people just trudging up and down the seafront maybe looking like they're having a miserable time and maybe they are but you'd hope that, that, that they're off to meet some friends and, and have a good run together and um, I know waking up even on a Sunday morning at some ungodly hour or something or it's still dark and raining but you, you go out and you, you do a lap of the island and you spend two and a half hours outside putting the worlds to rights and you, you come back pretty sorted out really um yeah. and and you can chat and discuss things and and like i say put the worlds to right and you can yeah i think there's a lot of positives in, in that aspect of the sport no absolutely well well said so marathons ross we've spoken about your good with marathon 
Um, Let's leave it there. That's done. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You're not getting away with this one because this is is one of the stories I've been waiting to ask you because you didn't quite tell me any details about it, but I'm I'm so keen to find out. Your first marathon, Brighton 2017. What a great day out. That was lovely. The sun was out. There was ice creams everywhere. Yeah, it was good. I went home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you meant you mentioned something about uh, a, a, maybe a DNF and, and something about passing out on the day. What what on earth? Yeah, happened? yeah, um, yeah. Buckle in. Um, no, this, this. I think apart from um, apart from my dad taking me to some corner of the country where I can't remember where it was and, and DNFing on that uh, county XC race. I think this was my only other ever DNF. Um, I'd wanted to race a marathon for a while and I'd entered London ballot. I think I'd entered London ballot eight, seven or eight times and never got in. So I kind of thought, okay, London, uh, I'm not going to give you any more, any more joy. I'll find another one. And, and Brighton seemed to be a, a really good marathon to go and do. Everybody locally, so, so all you Portsmouth runners, um, were saying, yeah, Brighton's great. It's around the corner, good course, fairly flat, only a couple of rises and still a great atmosphere. So I thought, okay, yeah, let's go and give Brighton a go. Um, I thought, thought I'd train for it reasonably well um, throughout the winter. I think spring marathons, I think they're the harder marathons because you've got to put the miles in through the winter and finish mm. work, finish work at five, six o'clock, strap trainers on then, then get out for two, three hours in the dark and the rain. But um, yeah, so Brighton, um, the day ended up being, unse- I, I use the term unseasonably warm. Uh, I think it was it was early 20s, early 20 degrees that day. And obviously we've been training in single digits throughout. Yeah, that's the difference March. between, yeah. Um, and anyway, um, got, got to the race start, all fine. Uh, I had a bit busy week, looking back, I had busy weeks at work. I was about to host like a worldwide conference at my job and stuff, like the, the next day, starting on Monday. So I had a bit, bit on my mind as well. And I remember getting to the race village. I said to dad, um, I said, I don't, I don't feel like I'm buzzing. For, even on a park run, let's see you down at park run on the start line. I almost want to, almost want to throw up a little bit because, because I'm that excited to race against a gun or something. But yeah, I didn't even yeah. have that on the start line. But I just thought, okay, it's the dad said, oh, oh you, it's because you're ready for it. You, you, it's your marathon time. Let, let, let just, just go for it. Trying to find the positives, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good, good coach mentality. Um, and started well. Hooked him with a group. Um, went through, went through halfway in about one thirty-one. Okay. So we have gone off, a, gone off, <laughs> gone off healthily, um, to say the yeah. least. Um, and I was, and suddenly I thought, um, I thought one thirty-one, and at, at that time, automatic qualification for London, which for me is a bucket list. I've been to London as a kid, watched it on the TV most years. Dad's run it, and London's always been on the bucket list. And, and I knew that 304 was um, good for age for London. Okay. And I thought to myself, I've got, I've, I've got, th- if I do what I've just done again and three minutes in the bag, I've got London. Okay. So your brain's going to work. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 and like mile 14 goes by and I think, okay, this, this, this could happen today. I was taking fluids on and stuff. Um, but, yeah, mile 17. I never saw past the mile 17 gantry. Um, mile 16 started to feel a little bit weird. I thought, okay, maybe this is the famous wall everybody's talked about. Um, I thought, okay, but I, I tried to keep mature and I thought, okay, I'll slow down. So I did. I, I, I hacked it back. 
I then looked at my Garmin like retrospectively after the race and I hacked it back by like 10 seconds a mile maybe 20 so I didn't hack it back at all yeah. I'm still trying to hold like whatever it was seven minute miling or something um and then then started to weave a little bit if anyone's recently seen well I think the other year um Johnny um Johnny Brownlee uh, fainted at the end of a try and it was just like that weaving all over the place and uh, I just hit the deck at mile 17 woke up with people around me um I think I apparently I woke up threw up passed out woke up threw up passed out and ended up in the back of ended up in the back of St John's ambulance and putting it down to um trying to race a little bit too quick in 20 degree heat um a few other things going on obviously with life and you're just a bit overstressed Mm. and ultimately not ready for it and being a little bit naive and and should have known it was a hot day uh stick to the plan which was come home in 320 ish Wow, um, complete okay. marathon. So I was I was well off target. I was so off target it was embarrassing. Um, so um, I won't go through the details of the stress my family went through. Um, obviously they're imagine. watching on a track. They're watching my little thing on a tracker, and then suddenly it stopped. And then you think, oh, it's just mobile interference or something. And then an hour goes past and nothing's happened. And then they get a call saying, hello, it's St. John's Ambulance. Don't worry, we have your son and he's fine. <laughs> good good way to start the conversation for sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was Brighton 2017. Um, that again, that, that was a that was a that was a terrible time. You'd failed at something that you were known for. I got ribbed so hard by my friends in, in good banter, but um ross is the runner ross is like the guy who's always out running and doing fitness and stuff amongst most of my mates and suddenly ross has like completely screwed up here um and whilst that there was sympathy um uh, between a few beers in the pub with the lads there wasn't there wasn't much then um and that, that kind of affected me a little bit and i didn't run for probably six or eight weeks afterwards maybe six weeks afterwards okay i was just kind of oh yeah and that, that that really affected me so i just i took and i just i just took some time off and it was probably the right thing to do mm. yeah, absolutely definitely yeah but yeah brighton 2017 i think anybody i think a few of the baffins guys and girls that i know ran it that year and it was really warm and, and i think it was their highest ever dnf rate of, of, of a year well, on, on that point, for me, I had my first DNF a couple of years ago running a running a, a long race, which I'm going to go back to this year to face the demons, which I'm looking for. But uh, DNF for me stands for, um, it's, it's two things. It's um, uh, uh, did not fail if you do not forget. There we go. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I think everything um, everything happens for a reason. And that taught, that taught me, if I'd have come home and completed it, happy days, but, but that that event, probably has now taught me so much more in the last three years that I'm a much better and more rounded runner for it. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, I'll tell you what, these last few years, or what I picked up from the information you said as well, was the last kind of three years, you've really found that competitive edge again, which basically means, I think for yourself, certainly it sounds like you've got this perfect balance between being able to, you know, pull out the hammer and really, really nail it down when you want to. But then also just, you know, most of the time enjoying the running, which which obviously you do when you're when you're racing hard as well. But these last kind of three years is when you kind of re-picked up that that competitive edge and you've started training well. Um, you know, you've, you've mentioned doing half Ironmans and you've mentioned the triathletes and cycling a little bit and swimming. Can you maybe kind of um, 
well, what kind of things can you attribute to to kind of being an all well-rounded kind of athlete? I know you've mentioned coaching. Um, I think you've, you've mentioned your coach's name as well. Um, what kind of things have you done to kind of become that kind of all-rounded, you know, competitive runner who's you know producing some really really good times now? Um, yeah, I, th- I think I have to I have to start to put it down to triathlon actually. Well, well good coaching. So um, I, I got put onto a, a guy called Phil Standen, who I've been with now for probably getting up to over two years okay um maybe two and a half years now and so I've, I've got a weekly plan in place depending on what the program is um I've started to read more about everything and and bring in triathlon into the conversation mm-hmm. it's it's made me a better runner without doubt running's always been will be my first love and last love and, and I'll always want to be a runner but but learning the sport of triathlon which which started with a drunken bet I owned a bike and a friend my friend Sam said to me you got a bike, you like to run, why don't you come do a triathlon? And so he, he bet me I wouldn't come and do a half Ironman in France. So he, he bet <laughs> against the wrong person. I went and did it. And and that was my second triathlon, which was probably a little bit of a big, uh, a, a bit of a little bit more than I could chew, but I loved it. Okay. And, um, and, and finishing on running, triathlon, swim, bike, run. Um, if anyone's not sure on the reason why you do it in that order, it's because I think it's because it's the least chance of death. Oh really? <laughs> so you swim. You swim when you're fresh, so you can't drown. Gotcha. You bike when you're you bike when you're feeling okay, so you've got less chance of falling off it. And then if you run, hopefully the worst you do is trip up and faint, which which I'm a professional at anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that in the bag. That's not a problem. You know, um, you've, you've just told me something. You know, knowing about triathletes and stuff, all you know for a long time that I've never known. I I didn't know that they were in that order for that reason. Amazing. Yeah, I, I, m- maybe death is a bit strong, but I think of, of greatest injury to the person. People come up really fast, Ross. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll happily be corrected, but I think that's the reason why, why it kind of started in that order. But yeah, triathlon, um, keeping the legs fresh um, by being on the bike a bit it is great. Um, and and, and learn, I, like, I do like to learn. And so learning a new sport has been great. Learning to swim again has been really fun. We're so blessed down here in Portsmouth with yeah. essentially, a, a, for most time, a free swimming pool, because at the moment, believe me, it is freezing in the Solent. But um, in the summer, it's a joy to be in. And we would be in for an hour at a time um, with, with the club. And um, yeah, I, I, found, I found the love for it again, uh, for sure. And I'm now up to peak season when you're prepping in a like a prep phase for an a race um especially up to ironman distance you're trying to punch out 15 16 hours a week training if you can wow which is which is a commitment don't get me wrong like that is a lot of time you've got to try and find and you've got to get up get that 5 30 alarm on or or punch out a five hour ride on a sunday morning um and then yeah that, that, that competition's come back i think it's because coming back to the running because running sits at the end of a triathlon, uh, I'm enjoying the two relatively new sports that I'm learning and developing some skills at. And then knowing you've still got a run in your back pocket it is, is thankfully for me an absolute joy. I, I relish getting off the bike and thinking, okay, mm-hmm. well, there's that many guys and girls ahead of me, hopefully not for long, and, and just and just put the hammer down. Um, that, that's, that's good fun. And triathlon is... Is, is making me a better runner um learning not to have to go fast all the time so 80 20 training I, i'm on at the moment so okay. a lot of, a lot of time is spent just just um tweaking that kind of diesel engine 
and just just plodding along zone two heart rate zone and just just keep going keep going and then tweaking 20 percent at times going to threshold on a quick brick run after a bike or something and yes yeah, suddenly i'm seeing the results in running which which is is lovely to see and it's it, like so you say it's got the fire back and the the, the the group are lovely portsmouth triathletes everyone's from a different walk of life but everyone's got a commonality there and it's it's almost like a, a church in a way it's where people meet greet share stories help each other out and everything but you're there for a common reason mm. it doesn't matter if that's religion or whatever but this is sport and and i think that's the great thing about sport in general get everyone together from like you'd never say hello to that person in the street or never cross them in any other walk of life but suddenly you're running together but you're cycling together swimming together it's it's pretty cool yeah it's a proper real magnet that that sees no kind of divisions no borders no anything it just brings everyone together so well yeah and i think that's what's great about running like you're on a start line or you're out for a group run and you could you could dress everybody in the nine to five and they look all completely different but you put a pair of trainers and (laughs) some running gloves on and suddenly um everyone's on a level playing field no, so so true. Listen, are you a member of the Portsmouth Triathletes as well as Wear Joggers still, or or how how how's your club affiliation? Okay, uh, club affiliation. Um, I think on paper I'm uh Portsmouth Triathletes. Okay. I'll, um, each year I try and just guest the Wear Joggers for in a cross country or two, and and by guesting you can literally just throw on a vest and and, and put your spikes on and have a hack. Um, but yeah, aff- affiliated clubs is, is Portsmouth Tri. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic, and, and and you did you did a while ago touch on park run and stuff. Obviously, you you're a keen park runner, and is South Sea your your kind of local go to park run? Is it, or do you do you tour around a little bit? Um, no, South Sea is definitely um definitely um the the main park run for sure. Um, I, I've grown to I've grown to enjoy park run more. I, I used to wake up sometimes and decide not to do park run because I thought oh it, it's a bit windy or it's not going to be a very fast race or something like that and looking back at that now I think oh what an idiot I was just just go and enjoy a run and, and that's what I do now and no matter if you had a few beers the night before or you're tired from a long run the night before it it, it doesn't matter just go out and enjoy the run and and, and talk and meet the people and and, and just get involved and uh, I need to do some more volunteering but I, I volunteered pre-covid and I think that was that was great fun as well because you actually see more people yeah it is yeah so true and, and I know you, you do a lot for the junior park run stuff and I can definitely see the, the, the benefits there for sure. Yeah, it is great. I can't wait till it comes back and lots of lots of people in the city are missing it a lot. So but, yeah, but, but, I, 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 know, I feel I feel sorry for that. I feel sorry in that respect as well, because mm. a lot of people park runs so good. I've got so much time for that movement because it, it's obviously technically not for profit, always be free, hopefully. And people would people would pin nine o'clock saturday morning into their diaries and it's such a mm. like like i say a, a point in time for them to concentrate on it if they haven't got much else going on and having even those little things taken away from us at the moment it, it, it's thrown a lot of people off axis and so i hope those people are still going out for a run and, and getting their nine o'clock saturday morning fix um because because it's it's hugely important for a lot of people yeah i guess now that we've had things kind of comforts taken away from us it gets in the same way when you're pushing yourself in a race and you have comfort taken away from you for for three hours or however long it is when this all comes back i think people are going to have a whole lot more kind of like level-headed appreciation for everything and the fact that we can do these things nicely together and yeah i think think it's going to be great when it all comes back ross so fingers crossed i i I I really hope so i think i think everyone's going to take a little 
hopefully a, a different enough view of everything. Um, mm. And I think everything's slowed down a little bit. And you're right, that appreciation should hopefully just, just come forward. Yeah, for sure. So, Simon Ross, I've taken way, way too much of your time already. Um, in fact, no, not really, because I could sit and chat to you for ages about running. Oh, no, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been really, really fun. But listen, I, I wanted to find out um, what your goals are kind of over the coming months or, or next year. Have you got anything on the on the horizon, anything specific? Uh, yeah, I get, well, obviously, because 2020 was such a such a wreck of a year, a lot of stuff's transitioned over or, or carried over to 2021. So, um I had an, another Ironman booked for 2020, which is currently rolled to 2021 in Spain, which already is looking a bit dubious. That's in July, but that's still still a focus. Um, <laughs> I'd like to certainly hit another marathon. Um, I'm starting to get a little taste for some trail stuff. So I okay. think I'd like to find it. Yeah, yeah. Um, your, your ears are pricked up. I can hear it. Yeah, um, yeah. Very I'd like to I'd like probably just start with like a trail half or something, not a full. Um, and, and then build that up. But I've been to QE a few times now um, during like the, the free lockdown, as it were, and, and gone for some trails around there and realised, yeah, that's quite a bit of fun, actually. Again, the cross-country aspect comes into it. Um, so that's good. So I think, yeah, an, another like a, a race marathon, um, an Ironman and, and, and a good trail half or something. They're probably three key ticks for this year, as well as the, the local events. Big fan of what Rob Piggott does and with his Believe and Achieve events. So I'll always enter those and do those. I'm going to do the virtual half marathon next weekend. Oh, brilliant. Um, okay. and, and, and race it and, and make sure Rob gets the entry fee and stuff because I think it's really important to like support those businesses, which without them, we wouldn't have any racing. So I urge everybody to, to go and race the virtual half and then get an entry for next year. Don't defer it. Please go and run the virtual half and, and get another ticket for next year because those businesses, we, we need them. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And Rob does, you know, like you say, I can just, uh, you know, just pin onto the end of that, that he's just amazing with his events and, and how many runners with each event does he bring together and, and how much fun everyone has at his events. Uh, I yeah. think without them, the city would be would be a lot less uh, well off. So, yeah, good Agreed. advice. Bro. Agreed. Good advice. So listen, if anybody wants to follow you on social media and stuff or any running channels, are you online anywhere? Uh, I, I just got a, an, an Instagram account, really. Um, I think... Don't know. I think it's just Ross Partridge or something like. Yeah, I think it's just my name. Okay. Um, so I, I, I often just post results up there or something like that. It's, it's turning a little bit more into a sporting account now, I guess. Um, uh, as long as COVID starts to get out of the way and we get some racing in. Um, but yeah, and I'm on Strava. Um, so uh, happily, uh, kudos for kudos on Strava is not a problem. Brilliant. And I can confirm that your your Instagram account is a Ross Partridge. Yes. <laughs> thanks thanks, thanks just for the story. <laughs> brilliant now ross you're a listener of the show as you said earlier um which i'm really pleased to hear uh and you'll know that i finished off the interviews with my recovery run questions oh god i forgot oh yeah i, I do listen and i've forgotten about this but you're gonna ask me quick <laughs> for oh god yeah okay <laughs> these, these are simple these are really easy so, <laughs> so okay. the first question is uh do you have a favorite route to run in portsmouth and why I think a favorite section, a favorite road, a favorite turn, any anything. Okay, I think um, favorite route to run, I think for me, is, has to be a lap of the island. Okay. I, I call it a lap. You can choose clockwise, anti-clockwise. You can make it 21k up to. I even made it a marathon uh, a few weeks back, helping to helping to pace. And um, yeah, a, a, a lap of the island for me. You get a bit of a bit of everything, and you can go whichever way the wind's going. Brilliant. How how on earth did you get the marathon? 
Okay. Um, oh no, I'm going to tell you my secret now. Oh um, no. Okay. So no, a marathon. If um, if very briefly, if we start the coffee cup, you head all the way down to the hailing ferry, turn okay. around, you hack up through Bransbury Park all the way up the Eastern Road. Mm-hmm. You then do, you go out to Farlington Marshes and do the largest lap you can physically do of Farlington Marshes. Okay. You come back in. You go up to Farlington Sainsbury's. Yep. You go along the Cotton Road and then drop back down towards Lakeside in the Porsche garage. Okay, yeah, gotcha. You then go, you then do the lake, the Lakeside 5K park run. Mm-hmm. Come back down over Hilsey Bridge and along Hilsey Lido. Yep. And essentially run what I call like the normal route back into Old Portsmouth down Queen Street to the hard uh, loop round Gunwolf, um, loop round Ineos Team UK, the America's Cup base and Old Portsmouth. Spice Island and then all the way home along the seafront and that within a few hundred yards of the co- I think it, it hits between Southsea Beach Cafe and the Coffee Cup it's on my Strava you'll find it back in brilliant October. It, was a it was a London it was a London virtual half um and I think that was bang on 42.2k excellent I'm gonna go and check that out now because I'm that yeah. might be a fun route to, to to give a bash for brilliant yeah <laughs> um so when you run music or no or no music and if so, which artist do you listen to? Okay. Um, more often than not, no music. Okay. I'd say for, for running uh, on the bike, on the, like a turbo trainer, just just pumping hideous, cheesy, like floor filler hits to, to get to get yourself going. Like, uh, don't be afraid <laughs> of it. Don't be afraid of a pop hits two thousand playlist if you're turbo training oh. because it's it's cheesy as you like, but it really gets you moving. Um, or something a bit heavier, maybe some Foo Fighters or something. Love but, it. Um, but r- running more often than not is, uh, yeah, just 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 out for a run. Brilliant, excellent. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that music choice, by the way, because I'd I'd listen to the same kind of album, Ross. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite meal um, after a race? After a race, after a race. Um, a real treat. If you if you know if you've gone out oh, and beasted yourself. Uh, McDonald's. McDonald's. The, 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 the dirty, it, like when you say after a race, like you're driving away from the car park, you find the nearest McDonald's and hit a double quarter pounder with cheese with extra bacon, large fries, and a strawberry milkshake. Oh, <laughs> and then afterwards you feel really dirty and you want to clean your clean your mouth. <laughs> agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Excellent. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee uh, straight away. Always. Okay. And are you are you a coffee? What what I always I always argue with um, Dave, my co-host. I call him a coffee snob because I used to drink instant coffee, but I have since changed to drinking. Uh, is it Lavazza Lavazza coffee? Yeah, okay, yeah, good, yeah. Very so good. I, I, I use like a proper plunger. So are you a plunger person with with the coffee, or, or do you have instant coffee? Um, I, I I'm afraid to say, yeah, I'm turning into a bit of a coffee snob. But I have a full-on machine now. Uh, that <laughs> then f- filters ground coffee for me and uh, even makes a flat white. So, um, oh, so yeah, d- definitely get up, get a banana, get a coffee and, and hit the day. Does sound good. Um, you mentioned earlier you like uh, cushion shoes. What what shoes are you currently running in? Um, so for my general runs, a big fan of Asics. So mm-hmm. I've got um, some Asics Kayano 26s at the moment, which are my long steady run shoes. Okay. And then if I'm winding into a bit more pace or just a kind of a decent 10 miler or something, I've got a six uh, GT 2000s, a little bit less cushioning. Um, and then I have to say, I recently, after strengthening my legs up a bit more, I've gone to the dark side and I know I'm in a pair of Nike Zoom Fly 3s, Ooh, okay. which, are ready, which are ready for a new pair. I think they're about 700 KL now. 
but uh, yeah, they're, they're the long, they're the, not the next percents, but they're, uh, they're the longer distance carbon. Okay, cool. cool. And, and to be honest, that they felt felt really stable. Um, so there's good cushioning there, and um, but they, they, they've got they're, they've got a nice turn of pace as well. Excellent, good. It's always nice when you when you kind of find shoes that work for you. So that sounds good. Definitely. Um, any person out there who's really inspired you with um, with running in your life? Um, could be a celebrity, keep... could be somebody you know, could be a friend, could be anything. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a, there's a few like obviously key celebrities, and I'm a big fan of what Mo Farah has achieved and everything like that, and 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 the kind of the personality that comes with it, and yep. even Elliot Kipchoge, um, and Amazing. some of the best marathon runners. I think they're. I think especially the Kenyans as well, that they're, so, they're really humble in their sport and yep. they're not this big, brash, celebrity-focused sportsman or woman. They just, they go and work at their craft, perfect it, and then go and execute it. And I think there's something, there's really, there's something really nice to see in that. Um, yeah, really well for sure. But then, but then obviously everything's stemmed from my dad and um, I still, he's, he's still running, but, but not as hard as he, as it used to now um so i kind of feel like i've picked up picked up the mantle and, and, and the torch and running with that now so i think that's a that's quite a motivator as well that's really nice and, and and what a great way to kind of kind of end the interview almost kind of closing in on itself again speaking about your your dad and his running and, and obviously going off and remembering all those memories of him racing and stuff so that that's really great and ross listen i, I always um give my guests a chance to kind of say anything or, or add anything else about the running community down here in Portsmouth because I, th- I think we, we've got something really really special down here and um, is there anything you want to say about it yeah no I j- just to echo your thought really um again maybe coming back full circle to the the aptly named promenade plodders or pounders whatever we call mm-hmm. ourselves but yeah. um that's what I kind of love about it I think Portsmouth itself has a really strong community be it through the clubs or just be it the island in general I think it's that island mentality it has and then the amount of people, the same people you see up and down the seafront, that there is this like the nod and the, the wave and the, the, the rice smile type community as you pass each other on the seafront. Um, I think that's just brilliant. Now, that's why I'd encourage anybody just to kind of just grab a pair of trainers and come and be a part of it. And you won't go far wrong. Brilliant. Excellent. Well said, Ross. You've been an absolute pleasure to have on. I've really enjoyed it. No, having- honestly, I, I'm really appreciative you having me on. It, it's, a, it's an honour. Thank you. Oh, brilliant. Thanks so much. And listen, I wish you all the best for the for the coming year. And if you want to catch up for a run um, up at QE at some point, once the lockdown's kind of all over, please do get in touch. Or in fact, I'll, I'll let you know when we're going. You can come join uh, Dave and Jason and, and Heather and I when we go up for a run uh, on the downs. Maybe that'd be quite good. Quite good fun to catch yep. up then. That sounds um that sounds like a plan. Definitely cool. done. Ross, take care. All the best and chat to you soon, mate. Cheers, guys. Take care. Cheers, mate.